right, we'll be in Genesis 13 today. Genesis chapter 13, if you want to turn there. Sometimes a lack of resources ruins your plans for life. An expensive car repair may set your savings back, delaying your ability to buy a house. Or a home repair eats up college savings, hindering your parents' ability to help you go to the college that you desired. Inflation stresses the ability for uh, a parent to provide for their family. A job loss or a cut in pay makes it nearly impossible for a family to remain where they are. Perhaps required overtime stresses a marriage. Difficulties in life test our faith. Will God provide? How will he provide? When difficulties arise, we're faced with choices. And sometimes those choices seem to be an answer to prayer, but a Upon further scrutiny, they will require some sacrifices in the spiritual realm that may bring harm to ourselves or our families. The most obvious decision is not always the best decision. Sometimes trusting the Lord is the more difficult path, but it is ultimately more rewarding. Let's look at a situation where Abram and Lot are faced with difficult choices. Difficulties are a test of faith. We see this in Genesis 13, starting in verse 2. Now, Abram and Lot have returned from Egypt. They've went back up uh, to the spot in between Bethel and Ai, and they're dwelling there. We come into our... Story in verse 2. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And at that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Overcrowded land here leads to a lack of resources. There's not enough grass for the cattle. There's uh, difficulty getting to water. And in an agricultural society, that's, that's real trouble. And it leads to strife. Difficult times call for difficult decisions. There are two ways that we can walk in difficulties. We can walk by faith or we can walk by sight. Let's look first at the walk of faith in difficulty. We see that in Abram. Look at verses 8 and 9. It says, Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me. And between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. It's not the whole land before you. Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Walking by faith in difficulty is resting in God's promises of provision. Walking by faith in difficulty is resting in God's promises of provision. For Abram... Resting in God's promise of provision looked like seeking peace 
through generosity. Instead of selfishly saying, hey man, Lot, sorry about this, but God promised me this land, you get out. Abram instead generously offers Lot his choice of the land. Note the faith that Abram exhibits here. Abram is is a character who sometimes exhibits such great faith and then other times such weakness in his faith. And I don't know about you, but that encourages me uh, because I tend to have that same struggle. But here's where Abram's faith is being built up. He, He knows that God has promised him the land. So... Even if Lot chooses Abram's land, Abram knows that God will eventually return the land to him. This is the growing faith that Abram is learning to have in the Lord. Eventually, he will make a similar decision when God asks him to sacrifice Isaac. Because he says, in Isaac, your seed will be called, or your offspring will be called through Isaac. But then God asks him to offer Isaac. And the author of Hebrews tells us about Abram's great faith and the logic that he goes through there in Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19. Now, if you have your handout, it has 17 and 18, which leaves off the critical verse, verse 19. So uh, you'll have to listen uh, to that. But it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, though through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Verse 19, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. And so what Abram thought is, he said, well, listen, God's promised me that my offspring are going to come through Isaac, and if God is asking me to give up Isaac, then God will bring Isaac back from the dead because he's got to have kids, and he doesn't have any right now. And so he has great faith in God. Now, He has the same faith here in regards to the land promise. Same faith, different stakes. With Isaac, stakes were super high, right? The taking of a life. But it is the same logic. Abram is having his faith built here. God promised him the land, so he offers the land up and trusts God to keep his promises. Beloved, God has promised Christians a land too. Luke 12, verse 32 through 34, Jesus is speaking. He says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, what's the results of that? God is going to give us the kingdom. And then so in verse 33, he says, Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, the heart that is set on heaven will not cling to land and possessions here. We are promised that God is going to provide for us, and we have that eternal inheritance. So the things down here are all temporary. We can give them away, we can sell them and give to others. And so walking by faith in difficulty rests on God's promises of provision. So when facing difficulties, you need to trust in God's promise of provision. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he promises to provide for you food and clothing. He will meet your needs. But there's another way to walk in difficulty, and that's by sight. 
These next few verses are filled with the language of Genesis chapter 3 in the fall. Look at Genesis 13, verses 10 through 13. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Now what does this text tell us about the Jordan Valley? First of all, it says it's like the garden of the Lord. That's a good thing, right? I mean, it's well watered, it's it's, it's got these associations with Egypt, right? There's provision. They're not going to have to worry about water for their flocks. The water uh, you know, feeds the ground, and the ground's going to produce grass for the flocks to eat. Seems like a great place. But then it's also compared to the land of Egypt. Now, Egypt was fertile, right, because of the Nile. But what else is associated with Egypt in the minds of the people this was written to, the children of Israel? bondage and slavery right so looks really good but mm, there's a there's a bad echo there when we hear Egypt we're told that it's in the direction of Zoar now if you look at the map that I gave you on the handout and we can put the map up here on the screen okay now you can ignore the orange line that that line is Abram and Lot coming back up from Egypt okay and so in our story today We're going to see Lot is the green line, and Abram is the red line. That's that's for our story today. Now, if you'll notice, when you look at that map, you see the green area? That's the land that Abram was promised. Where is the Jordan Valley where Lot goes? Outside the promised land, okay, in that valley of the Jordan. It's outside the promised land. It's also east. What do we remember about east in the author of Genesis? It's bad, right? It's bad. Adam and Eve are kicked out east of the Garden of Eden. Cain, when he is cursed, travels east away from the Lord. Anytime we see east, or most of the times, I'm not going to say anytime, I've not ran them all down, but typically east The direction of east is bad. It's away from the Lord. Even in the temple, as you approach the Lord, you approach him from the east going to the Holy of Holies, which is in the west. So that's never a good thing. And then it's near Sodom, where we're told that these are great sinners against the Lord. They dwell there. So we have some positive aspects, but we have some negative aspects. So what does Lot do? Well, Lot desires and chooses the fruitful land for himself. He goes for the land that's outside the promised land anyway. Instead of remaining in the land and distancing himself from Abram, but still in the boundaries of the promised land, Lot chooses to leave the place of God's blessing. And so we see this pattern that we first saw with Eve. Seeing, desiring, taking, exile. Same pattern. Lot settles himself near Sodom. He takes the fruitful land 
for himself, but he abandons the land of God's blessing. Now, it's not in our story here, but what we are foreshadowed with the men of uh, Sodom being evil, extremely against the Lord, we, we have foreshadowing. What do we know about Lot after he settled down there? He eventually loses his wife, his stepsons are killed, his grandchildren are the result of an incestuous relationship. His progeny become the enemies of Israel. Lot is an example to avoid. We are not to walk by sight. Walking by sight in difficulty eventually leads to sorrow. Now, Genesis was written to the children of Israel as they are traveling to the promised land. Unfortunately, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh will make the same mistake. As they approached the, the promised land, they went up that area, the Jordan Valley, and, and they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan. But instead of crossing over, they, they destroyed some kings there, Og, the king of Bashan, and those guys. They, took, they overcame them, and Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they said, you know what? This land is perfect for cattle. We just want our inheritance on this side of the Jordan, not go in. Now, when Moses is writing this, I'm positive that he had them in mind, or at least the Holy Spirit had them in mind. It's like, no, no, go on in. Trust that the Lord's going to provide for your cattle in the promised land, which was described, the promised land was described as a, a land flowing with milk and honey, right? But they didn't trust in that. They pulled back. And those tribes wither away to nothing. Sometimes the way that looks bountiful leads to destruction. And Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So I'm just going to run through some scenarios. Your situation may vary, right? But... Sometimes a job that pays better but will lead you away from your church to an area where there is no good church is not the best decision. Sometimes that job promotion will eat your time up to where you don't have time for family or for serving the Lord. Sometimes that scholarship to a college leads you to a place without a good church and amongst people who are great sinners against the Lord. Families, as you consider where to send your children... Consider the spiritual aspect of where they're going to land as the first priority. Is there a place where they're going to go to college where they can go to church and be cared for? Seek first the kingdom of God, not your degree, right? The easy way is not always the best way. Sometimes the way that seems bountiful will lead to slavery, to sin, Walking by sight in difficulty looks out for self and is willing to transgress God's boundaries to provide through the ways of the world. Proverbs 15 verse 16 says this, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Abram settles in the promised land. Now when the children of Israel are traveling to the promised land, it's described as a land flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be a prosperous land. But when Abram is here, they've kind of ravaged the land. They, they overcrowded the land that they were on, and Abram's going to have to move. And 
he's going to be taking the less fruitful land for himself. It's not down there by the Jordan River. But he's going to stay in God's will. He's going to stay within the boundaries of the land of promise. Sometimes the more difficult way is the best way. Sometimes the more difficult way is the best way. And I would say to you, running through those scenarios that we had before, it's better to turn down the job that will lead you to an area where there is no church. Take the job that's near a good church but pays less. It's better to turn down the job promotion that will eat your time and keep you from serving your family and your church. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. It's better to turn down the scholarship to a school away from a good church and in the midst of a people who are great sinners against the Lord. Trust in God's provision. Let's look at how Abram's walking by faith is rewarded in verses 14 through 18. It says there, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth. So that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Now God has used this situation with Lot and allowing Lot to have his desires. That's God, God's judgment is giving us our desires. You see that in Romans chapter 1. He gives them over. He says, if you just want sin that badly, take it. He uses Lot's desires to finally separate Abram from all of his family and kin, which is what he told him to do when he was in Ur of the Chaldees, right? He said, leave your family. His father dies on the way. Lot comes with him. Lot's still family. Now Lot has separated. So now Abram's all by himself. Sometimes trusting the Lord is the more difficult path. Abram does move. But it is within the less fertile land of promise. It's down at Hebron, and this is where the name Hebrews comes from, not the coffee shop. And as far as provision goes, it's going to be more difficult for Abram than for Lot. But Abram is trusting the Lord's promises, and that is ultimately more rewarding. The Abrahamic covenant is reiterated here. But Abraham's offspring is described differently In chapter 12, in the first place we're given the Abrahamic covenant, Abram was promised to become a great nation. Here, Abram's offspring will be like the dust of the earth. Abram is promised a great deal of land. Look, in all directions, I'm going to give you all this land, but then I'm going to make your children innumerable, more than if you could count the dust of the land. What a promise. Abram has promised a great deal of land and even more offspring. Now, how does God fulfill this? Well, in Christ, we are Abram's offspring, right? Through Christ, Christ is the offspring. He is the promised seed that way back in Genesis would be the one who would crush the head of the serpent. And that if we have faith like Abraham in Christ, we will have our sins forgiven And 
we will become children of Abram. And man, the number of Christians throughout, I mean, we're at 2,000 years since the church began. There's been a lot of Christians come and go and come and go. All children of Abraham can't even count them. Couldn't count them if we wanted to, right? More than the dust of the land. And in Christ, we are Abram's offspring. Galatians 3, 7 through 9 says, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And so we have this promise in Christ. He's the, the, the head crusher of the serpent. He will defeat Satan. And he did defeat Satan at the cross, but ultimately he will defeat him when he comes back and cast him into the lake of fire. So choose your king, right? There's really two kings. There's Satan, the power of the prince of the air, right? He's the ruler. Or you can follow Christ. Choose your king wisely because you'll be judged with your king. Do you want to go to the lake of fire, which was prepared for Satan? Or do you want to be judged with Christ, righteous? Repent of your sin and trust Jesus Christ, your Savior, and follow him with your life. You will be judged with your king. And he took your death and my death, and he paid for your sins and my sins at the cross. And he was resurrected. So if we place our faith in him, we will be resurrected. Oh, trust Jesus Christ with your life. Follow him and, have the, and walk the walk of faith. And then I would say that not only are we Abram's offspring, but in Christ we too inherit the earth. Romans 8 verses 16 and 17 say, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. Whatever Jesus gets, we get. We're heirs with him. And God has promised him this earth. And so we get this earth. But in this life, in this time, we have persecution, just like Jesus had. But one day, beloved, the meek will inherit the earth. The ones who trust in the Lord and follow his ways. Whatever material possessions we give away or surrender in this life in order to follow the Lord will ultimately be rewarded in the next. Trust the Lord with your possessions. Trust the Lord in your difficulty. Sometimes the best way is the harder way. Now, how do we know? How do we know? Well, first we got to kind of check ourselves Right? So, so number one, prioritize God's kingdom and righteousness. If I'm going to have to move or if I'm, if, if there's, if I'm going to have to change jobs and that type of thing, is there, a, is there a good church nearby? How is this going to affect my family? How is this going to affect my ministry? Matthew 6.33, prioritize God's kingdom and righteousness, number one. Number two, look for warning signs. Is it like Egypt? Are there great sinners in the area? Number three, pray. Express to God your desire to see him provide as he has promised. Ask for wisdom in making your decision. And then 
In a multitude of counselors, there is wisdom, Proverbs tells us. So number four, seek counsel from other saints who will be direct with you. One of the problems when we seek out counselors is a lot of time we think, I need to find somebody who's going to agree with me and going to support me. What you need is somebody who's going to be honest with you. He's going to prayerfully ask you some questions, some hard questions, maybe questions you don't want to hear. Because maybe you, like Lot, have seen and desired, and you're like, boy, at that salary, I could support, oh, oh, I could support more missionaries, right? We want to twist it and make it holy, right? But we may end up in slavery to sin. So seek counsel from other saints who will be direct with you. And then, finally, number five, be willing to surrender earthly possessions in order to serve the Lord. Be willing to surrender earthly possessions in order to serve the Lord. You may have to take a job that pays less. You may have to get a smaller house or a, 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 a beater car to get around. Ultimately, a car is a tool, not a fashion symbol, right? It needs to get us from place to place. So as we travel through this world looking forward to the next, difficulties are going to arise that bring tension and they bring choices. And these situations test our faith. Not everything that glitters is gold. Potential solutions that promise ease and prosperity may actually jeopardize your family and your spiritual walk. Sometimes the best way is the harder way. So when facing difficulties, you need to trust in God's promises of provision. Okay? Now, I, I want to be sure that you don't understand this, is that I can never move. Pastor said I could never move from our church. I always have to get a job and stay within the, within the family range. That only applies to John and Aaron and Courtney. Right? No, I'm kidding. Really, I, I've, I, Kim and I gave our kids over to the Lord many years ago. And we said, you take them and you use them in whatever way and wherever way you see fit. Okay? We, we get eternity with them. But what I, it, you may have to move, right? Whatever situation you're in, you may have to move. But I want you to be, make it a spiritual decision. Make sure that where you land, you're going to be able to continue to serve the Lord because that's your primary f- purpose on this earth. Okay? So, again, don't come away from here saying, Pastor says I can never leave the church, I just have to stay here. That's not what I said, okay? But we do, because Abram, he does move, right? He has to move, but he stays within the boundaries of the Lord's blessing. And so you need to be careful about that too. So when you face difficulties, trust in God's promises of provision. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for... Your word, we thank you for the examples of Abram and Lot. Father, I know of some families in our church that are facing times of difficulty and struggling probably with some of these very issues that we've talked about today. But Lord, you know there are probably even more that I'm unaware of. God, I pray that your people will seek your kingdom first and trust in your provision for them and make wise spiritual decisions as they go about their lives, understanding that sometimes the best way is the harder way. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.